News Talk Radio, CJAD 800 gives you Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner. Good evening. I'm Cheryl, your IDCA certified coach, as well as matchmaker in association with Intermezzo Matchmaking here in Montreal. And we're here tonight to get you up to date. And tonight's topic, well, I'm sure a lot of you are going to be able to relate to this. It's about amicable divorce. And if you can't relate to it because you've experienced it, you might want to listen as to the benefits of trying to have an amicable divorce. And the key word is try. Well, let's try to make it happen and make it happen instead. So we have two experts joining us very shortly. But as always, it's about you and your questions to ask Cheryl. And I think also this is going to resonate with you on many different levels. A woman wrote in and she says, I am a 58-year-old woman, three kids, all grown up and have moved out, and been really growing my own business world right now. I've also been in a relationship for the last three years, at the same time as relaunching myself in a cooking business that I always dreamed of. The issue is, we are talking about moving in together, and my boyfriend keeps telling me that my dream company is just that, a dream, and I should consider getting a real job to be able to support our common dream. Why do I have to give up one for the other? Rebecca. Rebecca, you shouldn't have to give up on any of your dreams for anyone, not the person you're with, not your children. And I truly believe that when we love somebody, we want them to achieve their dreams. We have one life here, and why not dream? It doesn't mean like go after something that is a complete fantasy, but if you have something in mind and you have been working towards this cooking company and you have a business plan, well, maybe what you really should do is sit down and communicate with the gentleman you're dating and really show him that you have a plan, that you have a model, and you're working towards it and, and the purposeness of it. It's also really difficult when somebody is trying to squash those dreams, and that's not the role of a partner. A partner is supposed to lift you up, be that support if you need support at a given time. So I think there's a lot of communication that has to happen here. You really have to show them it's not a dream. This is something you want. And change that philosophy. Change the wording. Wording is everything. So if you're saying, I have this dream job or this dream company, change it. This is my goal. This is what I want to achieve. And this is how I'm going to do it. And especially with a male partner, they understand business model. They understand growing something. So try that. Don't give up on your dream and don't give up on the relationship. Work at both and take it from there. If push comes to shove, though, and you have to make a choice, always choose yourself. Always choose yourself. Now, as far as dating news, I, I, I was kind of going through different ways that we can read people's body language and different signs that give us an, an indication as to who people are. And in that, I came across a videotape that um, a woman, uh, her name is Dr. Kimberly, Ask Kimberly, put out there. She was on a show called Home and Families. And she was describing the fact that there are four physical features, facial features that you can analyze that put men in a certain category. So I wanted to share this with you because she says that if you look at somebody's facial structure, 
and you really know what it represents, that you might be able to know a lot about who that person is. So first and foremost, it's somebody who has a square face. Gentlemen, for instance, like Jude Law, um, very square jaw. And the square jaw is actually part of the physical makeup of a person, which means that he has a lot of testosterone going through his body. So with a square jawline or a square head, you, you have all this ego, you have all this male in there. And those men, statistically, and again, this is, this is based on some, some studies that have been done, statistically, men who have this added testosterone, who then develop this square jaw, are more apt to be the cheaters. Then you have the oblong. So that's basically, you know, an almost oval face, except that it's a lot softer on the, on the chin part. So this is somebody who is usually quite athletic and often is the playboy. And because they have this athletic body and, you know, they usually tend to be very good looking because of their facial structure, what happens is they get a lot of attention and they get a lot of attention from women and also men who admire them. So their ego kind of gets in there. It's actually a little bit tends to be more narcissistic if they have an oblong face. And as I said, they are more the players. They are often the players. The round face is the baby face. That's the person who can get away with almost anything because at the end, they look at you with that little cherub face and they bat their eyes and they smile and you go, oh, that's so cute. So that person is obvious, uh, uh, often the person who gets away with things. They can manipulate and get it to go their way. The last one is the oval face, and that is softer than the oblong and less testosterone. So they tend to be the more family guy. They tend to be the one who is a great person. They want to be included. They want to include. They really have that soft edge about them in all aspects, and they just want things to, to go smoothly. But like I said, not the round not the oblong, not the square. So you basically have four characteristics, the cheater, the player, the one who gets away with anything, and the family guy. So when you go out on that date, check it out. See what you see in your partner's facial structure, and then compare it to what I just told you about. So today's show, Amicable Divorce here on CJD 800. And I'm wondering how many people actually have had one? Think about it. Do you know friends who have had an amicable divorce? I know I do. And uh, I think most of us wish that that would happen. And I think that a lot of people would agree that a lot of times amicable divorces are difficult if there's one individual who's really hurt in the relationship and lashing out. But we're going to find out all about that with a woman actually who started a company based on her divorce and her experience. Her name is Ravit Rose, and she's the founder of Amical Divorce. But before that, I want to bring on another guest. Her name is Bridget Garceau. She's with Robinson Shepherd Shapiro, practicing family law since 1992. And um, not only is she a family divorce lawyer, she's also divorced herself. Yes. Hi, Bridget. Welcome Hi, to the show. Cheryl. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And I want to say that you had an amical, 
an amicable divorce? I had a very amicable divorce, and best gift I ever gave my kids. That's the key was, here, right? Was that for sure, without a doubt. I mean, there has to be other layers to it. I I will say, you know, mine, I'm sure is not as bad as some out there. And it was not as amicable as we probably both wanted it to be. But what happens is it also, it's, it's for your kids. Even if you think you're hiding it, what's going on, you're not really hiding it. And it's also for your own health. It's, it's for your kids. I mean, let's put all the cards on the table. Kids are like sponges. And they sense um, when there are issues or marital uh, difficulties between the, their parents at a very young age. And as a result, a lot of times they don't speak out. Um, they see that their parents are hurting, but they're hurting themselves. And so it's very difficult for them to uh, say something to their parents until the parents, you know, speak up and say something like, you know, mom and dad, we're going to be okay very much, but we're going to be okay. And we're going to go our separate ways. We're going to find out more about how to be okay when getting divorced and make sure it's amicable. Stay tuned for the quote of the week. And later on, meet Intermezzo's matchmaking bachelor of the week and see if he could be your match here on CJAD 800. This is Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. I'm Cheryl getting you up to date on all your relationship needs in association with Intermezzo Matchmaking. This show, it's all about relating, dating, and mating. And it's not just for solos anymore. If you need anything, don't forget you can reach out to me, 844-744-SOLO. That is my Ask Cheryl line, and I'll always get back to you within 24 hours. So today we are talking about all relationship needs, which includes divorce. A lot of our future relationships come out of the fact that we ended another one and how to do it. And it can be an amicable breakup. I even have trouble saying the word. I don't even know why. Amicable divorce. And maybe because on a certain level, I had more challenges within my divorce, uh, as we all do at the very beginning. And um, I think it has to do with wanting to also be sensitive to your children and taking care, which is what one of my guests, uh, Bridget Garceau, Mm -hmm. was talking about. Bridget is a family lawyer here in Montreal. So we're going to continue talking with you, Bridget, about that, as well as now welcoming to the show Ravit Rose. She's an author and speaker and a divorce broker who founded Amicable Divorce, a company out in uh, the West Island that supports people going through the process. Exactly. So at my Amicable Divorce Center, we actually encourage parents to divorce amicably and stay out of court. 
uh, we look Bridget at... Bridget doesn't like that too much. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I actually, actually you do. do. I actually, I actually do. do. <laughs> <laughs> Many attorneys don't like do. me. It's okay. I'm used to yeah. it by now. Yeah. <laughs> the whole idea is to keep families uh, together. Although they are separate and living their distinct lives and, and everything is separated, the one common denominator is the children and the only way to protect the children and protect our future and our future generation is to make sure that the divorces are out of court right and and I think that's what everybody I never went to court throughout my divorce and Bridget uh, you yourself said you you went through things very amicably with your exactly. ex and, and you're exactly. still friends oh very much so right and what about you, Ravid? <laughs> so well, let's share why it is that you started Amicable Divorce. Well, I had an extremely acrimonious divorce uh, for about eight years. It was uh, highly litigious. It was uh, one court case after another. And, um, and about six years into it, I started to question myself and say, why me? Why am I going through this? Why am I going bankrupt again and again and again, paying all these legal fees and nothing's coming out of it? And it's just turning uglier every single day. And I started to journal and I started to write down all the thoughts that were in my head. And I showed it to a friend of mine who is a journalist. And and he said to me, you know, you should turn this into a book. And long story short, I turned it into a book, which is titled Unwanted Nasty Divorces. And basically talks about the common patterns and why so many families are going through this path of disruption. And it's really because the justice system doesn't necessarily protect us all. And it's not meant to be for that. It's not meant to to fight out your ego and your and your personal battles in court. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of people do. So one is dragging the other one into court and the other one is forced to to go and show up and and to try to fight the same fight. And this must be something that you experience every day, Bridget, within within your practice. People who are one wants to go one one is being dragged or sometimes they both want to go. But the end result is. Yeah, especially I would say at the beginning of a breakup. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the beginning of the separation, because uh, a lot of it relates to the reasons why the couple separated in the first place, and so at the end of the at the beginning of a separation, you may have two spouses that emotionally are not at the same level. Um, I'll give you a prime example: is when one spouse is leaving the other spouse for another. Right. Um, a coworker, a friend, um, that evidently complicates this, the divorce because the other spouse is extremely hurt. And then you get into matters of vindictiveness and vengeance. Uh, sometimes we have very difficult uh, cases where there's conjugal violence um, involved. And as a result, um, there's a separation Uh, But the spouse who's the abuser does not want to lose the control. And the only means of controlling is by the judicial system and filing the proceedings. And as a result, the other spouse has no other alternative but to fight. So, Ravit, when somebody comes to you, do you see a lot of these extreme cases as well? And if so, for instance, uh, violence Mm -hmm. and what do you do? Do you still keep them within your center? Or at that point, do you kind of put them into a different set of hands to rectify the matter? So I have two services. 
Um, at the Amicable Divorce Center, we I actually developed a program. It's called the CO2 program, CO2. And the idea of this program is to first dive into all the emotional aspect, as Brigitte was just saying. Um, and then we go into mediation. And then we go into co-parenting, which is something that nobody's ever taught. Right. And then we go into the financial. So it's a five-month program where we talk about everything they need to know in order to stay amicable and to go on with their lives separately. So if a family fits into that category and can actually and are willing to sit and look at their emotions and take all the negativity and drop it down to a fair playing field, then they're, they're, this is the ideal program for them. For those who are not or conjugal violence or, or already are in, in a litigious situation, I refer them out to other attorneys, to mediators, to co-parenting specialists, to financial advisors, to whatever they need. One of the things that people fight about the most and is a major cause is the finance. And yet that oh, yeah. and that's very much Big. one of the major discrepancies when it comes down to getting a divorce. Right. It's, it's the financial. And then the other one is co-parenting. And those are the two things that you both just mentioned for sure um, is co-parenting and often Divorce happens because two people don't agree on how they spend their finances and they don't agree on how to parent the child. So learning about that during a divorce can obviously be quite challenging, I would think. Um, and well, it's that's, a, yeah, it's Cheryl's story. It, it, no, it's, a, it's a two-part, right? The first part is after you separate, there's the whole custody issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so evidently there are tensions there. And once you settle that, it doesn't mean that everything is going to be fine and they're going to live happily ever after. There's also the post-divorce, which is what we're seeing more and more because the tensions or the parenting styles, because the parenting styles are different, because the personalities of the parents are different. And as a result, um, the upbringing of the children in two homes is possibly different. And some tensions can continue And as a result, joint decision-making, I'll give you a prime example that we're seeing more and more now is the choice of high schools. Okay. Public school, private high school, private high school, fine. Which private high school? So we're seeing more and more of those cases now, post-divorce, it could be two, three years down the road, and there are still tensions because parents can't arrive at joint decisions with respect to uh, activities for the children. So that's where when Ravit talks about parenting, whether it's co-parenting classes or even a parenting coach that we're seeing more and more, um, that is extremely helpful in keeping those cases out of court. And often, I just want to comment on what you're saying about co-parenting mm-hmm. and it then coming back again as the child matures and goes right. to the next stage there's also something else that plays into it which is not part of the amicable amicable divorce, divorce. at the beginning mm-hmm. it's added partners that mm-hmm. come into it the and families. the blended families the and bunch. and and <laughs> those parents and those individuals bringing their philosophies on child rearing mm-hmm. into the equation and 
if the child is living, if it's a 50-50 yes. split, how does that work? How do you find the balance? This is all what we're talking about here today on uh, Solo in the City on CJD 800 with Brigitte Garceau, uh, with Robinson Shapiro and Shepard, and as well with Ravit Rose, who is the founder of, well, Amicable Divorce Center out in the West Island. Coming up, we're going to give you the quote of the week and see how it resonates with you. I'd like you to take a couple minutes right now and sign up on CherylBesner.com to the free database. And also you're going to get 15 minutes coaching with me if you'd like for free as well. And coming up also is going to be the Bachelor of the Week from Intermezzo Matchmaking. And if you want to make an appointment with Intermezzo, you can reach out to them, 514-312-7150. More relationship conversation and advice coming up as I get you up to date on amicable divorce here on CJD 800. Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. I'm Cheryl, your love coach in association with Intermezzo Matchmaking, and together we're taking care of all your relationship needs. You can reach out to us anytime through CherylBesner.com or through Intermezzo.ca. Today we are discussing amicable divorce. Is it possible? I'm actually sitting here in studio with a family lawyer, Brigitte Garceau from Robinson, Shepard and Shapiro, as well as with Ravit Rose. She is the founder of the Amicable, Amicable Divorce Center <laughs> here in the West <laughs> Island. And we were, we were actually joking about the fact that I'm having trouble saying that word. And it's probably going resonating with me back to when I first got divorced or first separated and all the emotion mm -hmm. that went into that aspect of my life and it really dominated me at that point it wasn't you know the fear of being alone because I had a lot of people saying to me you know you're not getting any younger you can end up being the outcast that wasn't what worried me it was more about what it was going to be for my kids. And also, we had to come to certain decisions about the financial aspect. It was 50-50. Bridget, you and I, you were mentioning before about custody as being like the first thing people deal with. For us, it was never a custody thing. We just knew it was going to be 50-50 when my ex got settled. And mm -hmm. uh, life has changed since then again. But for you, Ravid, was custody an issue? Not at all. For for in our situation it was all financial, mm -hmm. and um, I think it was more the fear of the unknown. Um, his fear of what's going to happen is she going to you know she's going to run me dry. Is she going to take everything I have? Is she going to? And at the end of the day, I walked out with nothing. So all that fear really got us nowhere. Uh, custody was was secondary. Did you have uh, a profession at that time? Did you have a job at that time? When you say you ended up with nothing. 
Oh, I mean that I... Did you have a career and an income I to had, rely on? No, because I was just coming out of mat leave. I was ah. coming out the, the second time out of mat leave. So I just started a, a business, but I had to put that on hold when I separated. Um, but I think it was more his fear of, you're not going to take anything more than you deserve. And apparently what I deserved was nothing. So I walked out of my divorce actually losing everything. I walked out with Ikea furniture. That's all I had. Wow. You know, interesting that you say deserve, because often men, when I've talked to them, and and from what I've experienced, and Bridget, you'd be able to comment on this, often men think that we are feeling very entitled, that the mm. woman is feeling entitled to something, and their terminology is often, well, you're, it's what you deserve, like you, you get what is coming to you. That's it. That's all. And why do you think that you deserve more? Do you feel entitled? Like there's... Those two words that are very prevalent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say um, from experience, a lot of that comes from particularly in cases where you have uh, an entrepreneur, a self-made businessman, or someone who's in the banking industry, lawyers, doctors, who who are in financially independent, who have made their money, and the spouse is a stay-at-home mom, and there's no recognition sometimes of the tremendous work that mothers do <laughs> every single day, and that it doesn't translate sometimes into um, a dollar figure or a, a value. Exactly, sure, right. a dollar figure, and that's why this is what you're entitled to. Right. And and I and I think the sense of that that word entitlement it's not that the woman or myself felt entitled to anything but as you're saying I can only speak from my own experience I was a businesswoman I had a very successful career in the fashion world and at some point together we made a decision that I was going to stay at home and raise our children based on a family tragedy that happened and it was just like okay you know what Let's stay home. Let's regroup. Let's let's be the parents together rather than somebody else necessarily raising our children. Why two people are off, you know, building these big careers, and then you commit to that. But then when life changes, you've had no income for that whole year. You're relying off of somebody else to support you, and then what just happened to my life mm -hmm. happens, right? And you realize, and I know that for myself, I realized very quickly that I didn't even have the finances readily available mm -hmm. to me to hire a lawyer at that time because I didn't yeah. have that access to it. So finding a lawyer that would take me on, and I did, and, and thank the lawyers who, who were there for me, who took me on for future payment, mm -hmm. you know, uh, to my settlement. So that's where having something that's more amicable would come into play. Absolutely. Where you don't, it doesn't become this, I'm petrified of not being able to do what I need to do to protect myself, yeah. but at the same time, the other person feeling that I'm not going after the jugular. As a matter of fact, I, I have a quote here from Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the quote is, 
Ah, yes, divorce. From the Latin word meaning to rip out a man's genitals through his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> there, there you go. And, and I, I a mean, lot of men still, you know, that sentiment is shared by a lot of men. <laughs> so I thought this was very apropos. And but and then let's let's put it out there. There are plenty of women who oh, are yes. sued for divorce as well yes, and they are. have to do the reverse. So yes, there are. So I, I want to just change the dynamic now and not say the husband, mm-hmm. I want to say the breadwinner, the major breadwinner mm-hmm. sure. feels like that because believe me, it's not a male-female thing. It's breadwinner versus the home person, the home parent, and yeah. oftentimes. It's, I'll, I'll, I'll just mention one thing because I think what you said was very uh, germane to the discussion in terms of uh, amicable divorces. And that's with respect to when you have the principal breadwinner uh, versus the uh, spouse who's been taking care of the children. And one of the stumbling blocks to the amicable divorce is sometimes after a, I'm going to say, a 20, 25-year marriage where you have the one spouse that was in the home that's in, let's say, early 50s and is financially dependent on the other spouse, the principal breadwinner. It's very difficult for the principal breadwinner to digest the principle or the concept of spousal support. Mm-hmm. Right. And the alimentary obligation that he or she has a legal obligation as a result of the marriage, which is viewed by our courts as an economic partnership. So whether you were working outside of the home and earning X amount of dollars or whether you were the stay-at-home parent uh, taking care of your children, they're equivalent in value. And as a result of the economic dependency after the separation, there has to be some form of financial compensation. And that's where it becomes very difficult if one party cannot wrap their head around the fact that, yes, they may have to be paying spousal support for an indeterminate period of time, that makes getting to an amicable divorce sometimes very Very difficult. Yeah, Yeah. very, very challenging. But the fact is, you can get there. And that's, that's where mediators are often... Um, very good. And and I, I'm going to ask Ravit uh, coming up, what is the difference between amicable divorce center and a mediator? In the meantime, I want to remind you that coming up, we are going to introduce you to Intermezzo Matchmaking's Bachelor of the Week. And I'm also going to share with you a few, well, little treats for you for this new year that you can either win or apply in your life right here as I get you up to date on how to win both those things right here on CJD 800. You're listening to Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. 
We are back and I am getting you up to date in association with Intermezzo Matchmaking. This show is all about connections and the information that we connect to, the people we want to connect to, and most importantly, how to connect to your own self, your own heart, because that's really one of the most important things. And the first place you have to start is with you. So I want to first introduce you to our Bachelor of the Week before we get back into our discussion about Amicable Divorce with our two special guests, Ravit Rose from Amicable Divorce Center, as well as Bridget Garceau from Robinson Shepherd and Shapiro. So our Bachelor of the Week, his name is Tom. And he lives in Montreal, and he has a management position in the education sector. He's 49 years old, tall, dark, and handsome. I mean, three words a lot of women want to hear. He's born of Greek heritage, and he's fluent in English, French, and Greek. He lives an active lifestyle and enjoys doing triathlons. So if you're sporty, you might just be a match because he wants to be able to do these things with a partner. He does have two kids in shared custody. He's passionate about health and connecting with others and loves to travel, wants to have deep, meaningful, warm relationships and conversations with you and explore new experiences. He's looking for a woman who's bilingual. She should be between 34 and 46 years old. If you're tall, slim, just in good shape, attractive, down-to-earth, loves the outdoors, and also, again, like I said, wants to do athletic things and build a strong relationship with somebody. He wants you to have really good values. Family values are very important, and he loves a curious mind. So you're going to have endless conversations about all kinds of topics. So if you think you are the woman for Tom, send in your bio and a picture to info at intermezzo.ca. So send in that bio. At the same time, don't forget, register for my free database online at CherylBesner.com. So next step is about you. And about you is about the retreat that's coming up February 2nd to the 4th. Very excited about this. We started taking people to register just before the holidays, there are still some places left. I am doing this in association with Dana.org, and the founder of Dana is Baskar Goswami. He does retreats every single month, and I am so happy that he asked me to do one with him. You can find it on Facebook. It is Get Up to Date on Life. And basically, it's about connecting or reconnecting. But some of us have never even connected to who we are. So we're giving you that space at Le Couvent at Valmorin. You're going to come up there and it's going to be a community weekend where we're just going to share and discover and disconnect so we can reconnect and rejuvenate. We're going to even do some cooking together. So if you're interested, check it out. It's $150 for the entire weekend including one potluck dinner that you will be participating in. And afterwards, if you want, you can make a contribution to Dana.org to make these go forward. Now let's get back to Solo in the City's topic of the night, which is amicable divorce and how to do it. And I have two experts, as I said, Bridget Garceau and Ravit Rose here in studio 
who have both been divorced, both have children. And I know that, Bridget, earlier you were saying how you were really able to shield your children from your divorce and you've had an amicable, amicable divorce. Yes. Versus Ravid, who had a more contentious divorce. Extremely. And you have two kids. That's right. I never asked you yet, and I want to ask you now. <laughs> were you able to shield your children from that process? Uh, no. No? No. It was very difficult. Um, when you're constantly going to court and you are having a very hard time dealing with the reality, with what you're faced with, it's very hard to cover up. It's very hard to uh, fake it, um, especially when you're dealing with it on a regular basis. So my kids, unfortunately, uh, had to go through the raw end of, the, of this deal. And until today, as they've gotten older, you still see the effects of, of the nastiness. You, you still see it in, in their health, in their, the way they are, the way they act, in their, in their socializing. I don't think it's something that we can easily take away. And especially when you're living under the same roof, a lot of people during the divorce and, and at the beginning process, as you were saying, Bridget, earlier, you know, there's that, that whole custody thing. Often the children are in the family home and not all the time, no. but often it is the mother who's there. So the father has um, a separate space where they're alone more of the mm -hmm. time and have the, abil uh, the ability to shield themselves and just be like the happy person when they're there. And, and I think that a lot of people can identify with that. What do you think, Bridget? Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard after the separation, especially when um, I hate to generalize, but a lot of the times um, the father is leaving the residence on at the short term, the family residence. And as a result, um, as Ravit was saying, the children are subjected to uh, the vindictive acts um, of uh, that parent, and those can have long-term uh, consequences. And and that's the, the sad part, is there yeah. are consequences to our actions, and that's the, the main thing is we, ha we should all remember that. I want to thank you both for coming in and sharing with us your experience, your knowledge, and uh, your sound advice. Ravit, thank you so much. People can contact you through your website, ravitrose.com. That's right, or they can call me at 514-693-2802. And Bridget, thank you. Um, we've had the opportunity to meet even at one of the walks that Baskar and I do up on Mount Royal. It was a pleasure to meet you there. And uh, people can contact you if they need a lawyer. Uh, my email is uh, bgarso at rsslex.com or 514-393-4022. Well, thank you both for joining us. And I hope you, if you are about to go through a divorce, can have an amicable one. Don't forget, we have the Annie Young Beauty Bar Makeover that is out there. If you want to try and win that, well, just go to my website or go to the Facebook page for it and tell us why you should win. And I want to thank Ramona and Era and Tim for always helping us produce this labor of love. Next week, how to date smart with the founder, Christine Campbell, of the summit that I will be participating in. And I want to wish everybody, on behalf of Intermezzo Matchmaking and myself, a beautiful, beautiful week coming up. 
and look forward to seeing you next week. And don't forget, in the meantime, keep it simply social because we all know it's all about the kiss. Good night, everybody. Bye.